Amazing. All right, Upskilling Resources, who wants the mic? Just something to train people to be coaches. Like right now we've got good players coming through uni teams, getting good, leaving for other teams and not leaving behind any like successes or like how to continue coaching in these uni teams. Like I should not be coaching the UTS team in my second year when I have no clue how to play Quidditch. That is not what should be happening. kind of on that uh having maybe either single like single day like I know we already kind of do this but workshops where people are actually getting together and talking about how they coach and how they want to be coached and having that as like a yeah like a weekend whatever we organize a weekend where representatives from each team go who are interested in taking up coaching positions and actually run drills and come up with programs that they can then take back. Um, same thing for, ref for refereeing, like having, having days where you just sit there and talk about how you referee and how like that's going to end up working to give people those resources. Because if people don't know what they're doing, they're not going to know what they're doing and you need to actually show them what to do if we want to see a change. Yes, I am. Um, well, actually, I even have this microphone. Um, so I passionately believe that we should be outsourcing our resources. So whilst coming together and talking about what we want is really good, and that's what we're doing now, when it comes down to actually teaching practical skills, just sourcing from other people who are doing same or similar stuff isn't going to work. Like, that's what quick quid camp was a few years ago and we stopped doing it because people weren't actually getting stuff from it. So we need professionals to come in who have like coached national teams that have won big things like soccer and netball and all that sort of stuff. Or rather, have experience in coaching coaches. Yeah, that sort of stuff rather than just saying like, oh, Paul, you coached Shock Bears last year. Want to come teach us how to coach? Because whilst I'm sure Paul's great, but I've actually experienced him as a coach, I feel like there is still a lot more all of us in Quidditch can learn by pe by professionals who are paid, like kind of like what we said before, having paid people to teach us stuff. The way it's easy enough to have to bring someone in for it to run a session for that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, outsource. Yeah, like, I'm saying instead of having people come together and teaching each other, have people come together and then, and people coming together and then having an outsourced person to run it. Like, Alison is a great example. Like, she's leading the strategic forum, teaching us how to do that. Because, like, Eleanor and I don't actually have a lot of experience in strategic firms, and she's really helped with that. And so people like that, rather than just people who have been around a while, I think would be a lot more beneficial. That's fair. Let's not keep it a one-to-people one, discussion. Um, I want to say... I'm going to read what Anagram has written. I wrote something on a recent VQA census survey. What do you think could encourage more people to volunteer? In your opinion, what boundaries stop people from volunteering? The perception of an object, I don't know what that means. Lack of low consequence opportunities for volunteers to practice. People do care about doing a good job. People also recognize that volunteer positions are positions of responsibility and there's consequences for poor performance. 
These consequences are usually felt by the players instead of the volunteer. A prospective volunteer will often avoid volunteering for someone, for something, when they believe there's a more competent person present to do it instead. It could be because of friendship with the players or because the prospective volunteers have felt those consequences personally in the past and doesn't want to be a hypocrite. In any case, the reason why does not matter, only that there's a pressure to perform and consequences for underperformance. It doesn't matter if there is or isn't a more competent person, people believe there is and politely keep off to the side. And I'm gonna say now the thing I wanted to say, which is bring back Quit Camp, but change it. Quit Camp was great because unlike what we, tried to arrange by calling it strategic forum, Quit Camp arranged, Quit Camp attracted a lot of people because it sounded fun. We tried to make the strategic forum sound fun, <laughs> but no one believed us. And you were right. <laughs> it is pretty fun. And also we have a, a lot of food for everyone following at home. I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> we finished the brownies. <laughs> but also I want to say that um, non-formal education is extremely powerful and also works in your curriculum, if you put it there. Um, and non-formal education run by people who know how to do things will be extremely powerful. And also we can put it together in quit camp with the strategic forum that we have to arrange because it's a constitutional obligation of QI. And we will also have a lot of benefits by having a one big event that covers a lot of things. I say in response to what um, Ingram said um, is I totally agree that people feel like the consequences, um, like they're high stakes events with, if they're going to volunteer for the first time, they don't want it to be at an NQL with like their head wrapping for the first time. Um, and even at low key places like um, MacArthur Fantasy last year, which was where they encouraged women to um, take up roles and they had a lot of new head refs. There were still players being like, um, oh, they didn't do very well. Like they were such crap ref, they shouldn't ref again. And like, this is the point of the experience. But it meant that a lot of people who heard those comments were like, oh, well, I don't want to ref because that's going to be me. Um, so I think increasing um, like low stakes opportunities for people to try things out for the first time. Um, and that is both like on pitch in game sense, but also in kind of like administrative capacities. So you can just like join for a single event and you can be like, well, I think I'm interested in doing like media and communications for QA, but like, I don't want to commit yet. So I'll just, I'll help AJ with like one event and then I'll become his minion eventually. Um, I just wanted to further respond to the point that I, as, as we talked about in recruitment, I think this is a marketing thing because I think that on, on pitch is a slightly different thing, like refereeing and things like that, I think is, is somewhat a separate issue, but in terms of like administrative volunteers, um, like we talk about, Oh, there's a, there's a clear, um, there are clear consequences if I don't do my job properly or things like that. Um, I don't have like an intimate knowledge of the inner workings of QA, but there are definitely jobs that you can do where, like you should do your work, but look, if they, if it did, if you don't do it, 
no one is going to hunt you down and kill you in your house. Um, and similarly, like, okay, I live with you, so it's you can hunt me down, but it's different. Um, yeah. Um, but similarly as well, it's like, I think it's just, it's not that they're not there. It's not that those opportunities don't exist. It's that people don't search for them or they get kind of one idea and there's no, there's no push telling them that there's, that that's not the case. Like, again, maybe we need to, I don't know, target our market. Like there's definitely marketing already about volunteering. Maybe we need to target it to make it clearer about how there's like so few consequences, well, not few consequences, but like how simple it is. I'll be like, Hey, what's an average life in the day of a volunteer? And you could show them like, look, I do 10 minutes of work every day. And then that's actually not that bad. Or I, I set aside like two hours a week or whatever it might be. And depending on your role, that is like, you can actually make a difference with that change. Maybe people are putting in hours every day, but you can, yeah, like those positions already exist. Yeah, I think I think the biggest problem is that when I, when I try to advertise people's volunteering experiences, when I get like and I try to like interview like you or say like people who are like tournament directors and stuff for different tournaments or whatever or board members, lots of these people have big roles and put big time into it, um, and there aren't loads of people volunteering and queer who aren't putting a lot of time into it. I am so happy to say that this is why I advocate for a structural change of QA, switching from the board and then the members to a standing committee committee system in which people can have a soft entry into contributing. So let's make an example. Jamie last year was director of events. And for every event, she would recruit a group of people to work on a specific event. Let's say instead of this, we had a system in which there is a standing committee of people interested in events. And here the topic expands on all the events we could possibly run. But let's keep it to the ones we already run, which are state, quaffle, and strategic forum. In this sense, there would be a mailing list or an open Slack where everyone communicates what they're doing. And hopefully, being a standing committee, everyone can join with no obligation to actually contribute but they can read what's happening. They can read what people are doing and they can see how the responsibility is not solely on one, but it's shared. By sharing the responsibility and sharing what the work is like, people hopefully don't have the fear of repercussions. So my point is that all the committees in QA should change to standing committees. So there should be a standing gameplay committee. If you're interested in gameplay and maybe one day want to volunteer, join it now. See what they do, see how they work, and then one day you can start contributing. And then one day you can apply for gameplay director. But this is a soft entry. And at the moment we don't have that. Either you jump for QA and then suddenly you're in charge or you don't. I agree that it's definitely like that. Um, if you 
ask someone, if I turn to someone in the Kurdish community, I'm like, do you have an opinion about the division system? They'd be like, um, no. But then the moment they actually start talking about it, they're like, I have literally 87 opinions and all of them <laughs> are really important. So just getting people involved in the conversation brings out all of their opinions because also so often people like, I don't agree with this decision that I know had no part in shaping because I chose not to. And it's like, well, if you just put like, told yeah, if you told everyone what you wanted, it would have like, you would have had a say and it might have created a different decision. So I think, yeah, encouraging people to like low key, low consequence, low stakes entries into volunteering um, is really useful. And it's something that you can do, like you start within your club and then you move up to broader Quidditch bodies. That was the plan with you. Yes, we can, we can go. Um, on that point, I recently went to a um, conference and one of the workshops was on how do you, they were talking about campaign management, but the principles are the same and how do you like engage people at different levels based on like the time that they have and like their attitude and passion based on it. Um, and like reflecting on how quiz is structured, I saw like how like club levels and state and national levels, we just don't really have that. It's kind of like from here to there um, or it's easier at club levels. Um, so integrating those ideas, which I will flesh out in a document that I'll share because I can't remember it off by heart. Um, but it was a really interesting idea. I want to, I want to jump off what, what Nora was saying earlier about entry level, um, volunteering opportunities in QA, which is that in a, in, in a sense, like I know I, I'd agree with, you know, I don't market it very effectively, but we do have those opportunities. Like there is a gameplay committee, there is a media committee, there is a whatever, a, a gender engagement committee that people can be as involved with as they want. Um, and when QA advertises, um, volunteering opportunities or staff roles. Like we advertise for media and for gameplay. We also just advertise for other. And if you have literally any idea for how you want to make Quidditch better, you can take us that to us and say, hey, I want to make an Instagram post once a week. And I'll be like, cool, you can be a staff member and do that. And like, that works. Looks like last year, Scott messaged us and was like, hey, I think QA should have a merchandising person. And we're like, sure. And now he's a director. We had Ashley Bonnell message us last year and go, you need a fundraising person. And like, I applied for $120,000 for QA last year. Like those, they do work. We just need more people to jump on that opportunity. I, oh. uh, standing committees. I like this tangently related. I'm president of Melbourne unicorns. Like most Quidditch organizations, volunteers are in short supply. The big change I'm making is that volunteer positions are only for three months instead of a whole year. A microphone? No, all good. Yeah, QA wants two years. Yeah, for like the continuity, but like no one knows what they're doing in their lives. But all right, well, I don't know what I'm doing in my life at my age. So like stepping into that role, especially when it's understaffed, which is just unfortunate or was last year. But yeah, it's really challenging. So yeah, I think the three month idea is really cool. I do see a problem with that with just like board members, for example, you do need to have at least two years to make effective change and do effective work and all the rest. And so, but I think it would be a good thing for media, like write QA today for a couple months and see how you go, that sort of thing. Do you have assistance? Like a I would like one. Could you like, <laughs> do a call after I'd be like every 
QA board member. Every QA board member has three assistants. And so it's not like, oh, I'm the only assistant and I'm doing everything. And they're like, it's like, you've got three people who are all being mentored at once, who all share the load, who aren't as like. That's that's kind of what gameplay committees and stuff already are though, but they, they are for a year. But it is kind of like just Kelsey going, I'm not going to do gameplay by myself for an entire year. I need people to help out. And that's why I have a governance committee this year because like, I want to do all these changes to policies and stuff like that, but I can't do it by myself. I'm just going to butt in because I've tried to say my point like three times. It's getting cut off. Um, I think everything that I keep hearing, I just kind of keep thinking about all of the committees that do already exist in QA. And I really do think that these opportunities do already exist. And we're kind of talking about like, oh, we could have this, we could have that. And they kind of already exist in certain ways. And like we've said as well, we've got this like this other volunteering. If you see something that you wanted to do, no matter the level of it, then it is still there. And I'm going to keep saying marketing, but like, it's all about marketing, right? You got to, you got to show people that they exist. And then again, like maybe technically you've signed up for like a year on like this standing committee or like as the gameplay committee or whatever, like that I think is, is reasonable that you can kind of like join it for as long as you see fit up to maybe a year or whatever. And you reapply if there's more people or something. We, and again, as we've said, like I think the committee needs to have continuity over two years, but I don't think we're discussing things that are new necessarily. I think we're just kind of like rehashing like, oh, this is a good idea, but it already is there. So yeah, I think yeah. we need to make it more effective, but we need to make it more obvious to people to join. Uh, and the other thing I just wanted to say as well is that like, I feel like we're talking a lot more about like, volunteer recruitment rather than like upskilling resources. So I also had points about like resources and stuff. But, um, um, sorry, I'll just go to Ingram because he's made a relevant point. Um, top level board positions do need to be longer um, regarding assistance. If state bodies just went away, then there'd be more volunteers free to help. Why do we need five different treasurers and just as many secretaries? Ooh. I mean, I'd respond to that just through like, surely then if you, don't like the state bodies don't necessarily currently exist this way, but like they could exist as effectively assistance to QA, right? Like QA can't be in charge of running every single NQL. They can't be in charge of running every single quack state league day or whatever it is like that. You, you could do that, but to do that, you would need to have a lot more people on QA. So why not just basically, yeah, like that, like QNSW or whatever exists under QA already. Maybe we just need to like chat more. I don't know. We also really need to stick to time at the moment. So um, try and wrap it up for a few more points, get them out and yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, I think state bodies respond somewhat to the need of having a local interest group. So it's not, I don't think they can be done away with because different states have different needs and different responsibilities, different laws in some way. Uh, so we do need a treasurer that knows they interact with New South Wales fair trading and doesn't know how it works in Victoria because it's pointless and yeah we would need a, a lot more we would need five treasurers in QA if they all knew how to deal with the things in their state so um, it depends on 
whether we go to a one organization. Yeah, it depends on the structure of QA at the moment. The other thing I wanted to say, which is more on upskilling, and it's a thing that I'm kind of sad about, but I also don't know what the environment is like. But in Europe, there are so many free courses for youth to learn finance, to learn, to, they are non-formal education based. So leadership, recruitment. And Courtney mentioned she went to one about uh, campaign management. So hopefully also Australia has something like this. Um, Jamie just said she will find me one. <laughs> yeah, and the good thing would be to find some that are cheap and QA can send people to and maybe refund their travel to as long as they bring back what they've learned to QA and Logan wants to say something. Yeah, I was just going to um, sort of add to your point and give some indication. So, um, again, at ANU, but at ANU, um, because we are under the ACT government, the ACT government has um, paid for any ACT sports club to access a whole bunch of sports club-related resources. Uh, and there's stuff like how to become a good treasurer, how to be a secretary, how to run an event, how to get grants, things like that. Um I don't know if that's necessarily on there, but yeah, things like what is insurance? How do I get it? All that sort of stuff. And there are these sport networks, at least in the ACT, I would assume, I don't know, New South Wales is pretty big, so they probably don't pay for every single sports club to have access to these things. But I would guess that there's probably also government resources, which again, vary by state. So maybe, you know, we need the state organizations to look into their specific things. And maybe, you know, QA needs to just like basically tell the state organizations, hey, you have to do something this is something you should do, give like a directive or something maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I, like those things do exist very much so. And I, I agree that that's something that we can do in terms of upskilling people. Uh, for nonprofit organizations, there's a website called organization, communityorganizations.org.au, I think it's called. Um, yeah, and they exist solely to create pro, uh what, what was the word? Resources for um, nonprofit organizations. So they have, what does a treasurer do? How do I write a policy? And then they have draft policies you can write and stuff like that. So that's something we can definitely take advantage of and I have been taking advantage of. And I think we need the sort of awareness that this is needed. Um, because, yeah, I feel that either people know about it and then take advantage of it and then run for director, but without the soft entry into contributing to QA, no one really knows much about these things unless they decide they want to go for QA. So, And part of it is also that creating these resources in the first place is a huge time commitment in itself like one of the things like um like this year i was like partially expecting to maybe not be on qa board anymore because i might be going overseas at some point doing a phd and therefore i was gonna i was thinking spending the first part of this year spending a lot of time um creating resources around just how to run a club well because i don't think that's a resource that exists very much in quiz like the plenty of talks about you know how to how to referee how to um 
like I've done a recruitment guide for like how to run a training well, how to run a exec, how to run like how to organize your club from from the back end is a is a resource that doesn't really exist as far as I've seen at the moment. And it's something I've been talking to like Courtney and Sam and Harry and other people and Kat and from Music Quidditch who um, helped me do all this stuff back in like 2017 and stuff and so on and like creating I don't know video resources or podcast resources or some kind of um, guide or blog on just different aspects of running a club and how to do it. But that is also in itself a huge time commitment in compiling all that expertise and knowledge. Um, there are um, organizations in Quidditch that are trying to do similar sort of stuff. So another organization that, organization that I work with is Q Consultancy which is a very European-based group at the moment. But the idea behind Q Consultancy is that it's just a compiled group of people in Europe and myself um, who are all very experienced at running Quidditch or different aspects of Quidditch. Like I'm probably there from like photography, media, um, recruitment. The people who run um, like the, the live streams for European games and EQC, which is really, really good there in that group. Lots of the big tournament directors and tournament organizers from Europe are all in that group. Um, and it's essentially like a place where anyone can go, hey, I have this thing that I don't know how to do in organizing my team, or I have this problem that I run into, how do I do it? And they can just ask this consulting organization and we can go, oh, we should talk to this person, this person, this person. We'll sort of a group chat so you can ask them questions. They can help you with resources. They can know who to talk to. They can give you advice on how to do this thing. Um, and it's been effective in like little ways with like helping APQC, for example, organize their tournament. Um, it's been helpful on like club levels when like a player has had um, grievance issues in their club and they didn't know how to deal with that. Um, and then going to that club and saying, hey, you don't seem to have a grievance structure. This is what we think you should be doing in terms of like a grievance structure sort of thing. Um, but it's about making those resources way more accessible and um, marketing those resources more, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. As, oh, as free. Sorry. Um, we do need to wrap up so we don't eat into our lunchtime too much. So Courtney, did you want to wrap us up? Yes. Um, you said you wanted to talk about upskilling Um, I want to hear about like what sort of resources do you wish existed currently um, or what do you already know exists? We know that Q Consultancy exists. We know that USQ and European Quidditch have resources. What else? A number of times already today we've talked about writing a document and as much as I love it, I'm not sure how many people read the 60-page recruitment guide from AJ. It was great. I loved it. But it's, it makes it not everyone's cup of tea, which is why I think uh, an underrated system is the buddy system. So, hey, my club has a new treasurer. Who is a nice experienced treasurer we can pair them with? Ah, ANU has an experienced treasurer. All right, let's put them in touch and they can chat about how ANU treasurer does things and if that works with the new treasurer of this other club. 
So body systems work and are very targeted to what the specific new person needs. Um, I'm just going to, so like on what you're saying, like listen off things, I think um, refereeing upskilling, um, things coaching upskilling, um, potentially like a kind of captaincy leadership kind of guide. And I think the coaching and captaincy leadership are things that we can definitely outsource like we were initially discussing to get that wider view of taking things from other sports, other organizations, other people who have a lot of experience in different areas. Um, also, I wanted to talk about, I mean, like we've kind of already just kind of sort of covered off in two ways here, but like how do we actually disseminate this information? Um, so we've, we've said, you know, maybe the 60-page document works for some people, other people don't like it. Do we need more accessible documents? Do we need videos, things like that? But also then how do we take those videos and actually get people access to them? Like Google Drive or something like that might have a lot of documents in it, but you know, currently QA has a shared drive that like just our team reps can access, or maybe does it go on the QA website? Um, do we put everything in video form and it goes on the, on the YouTube channel? Do we get links in somewhere else? I think that's something that's really important as well in that. How do we, yeah, what, what is, where is the best repository for so many different types of media that we might be producing for these resources to, that makes it the most accessible for everyone and the most inviting for people to actually use them as well. Like, uh, creating, uh, removing barriers of use, um, and, and that sort of thing. Cool. So, um, we talked about a lot about, um, how we need development for a lot of different areas from leadership in terms of captains and coaches, um, refereeing, um, to do that, um, outsourcing is, really good because then we get professionals teaching so people actually know their stuff um, and takes pressure off people already within the community. We talked about the best ways to bring people together to make that most effective. So we can do that at Quid Camp, um, which is really, really fun. We have the strategic forum, get all of that done at the same time. We could also run these sorts of workshops and development discussion at tournaments within each state or like State Shield. Cool. And in terms of volunteering and engaging people in the community to um, do things. Um, marketing seems to be really, a really big issue and like that communication of what does it actually involve and how do we engage people from low level to like high positions. All right, thank you, Courtney. Refereeing, was that you, Maria? Perfect.